Yesterday, we spoke about the most important Florida Gators for the 2023 season, and today we're going to talk about who I think the starters are going to be here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants, countryofsi.com. Uh, if you had a long weekend, hope you enjoyed it. But now we're talking about these are like kind of my depth chart predictions. These aren't necessarily what I would do at every level um, or at every position, but it's what I think will happen or realistically could happen. And we'll do this the same way we do everything. When we talk about positionally, we'll go QB and the pass catchers in the first segment. We'll go trenches second and then second level and secondary in the third uh, segment. But We'll start off how we always start off. Quarterback, Graham Mertz. Obviously, we spoke about this yesterday where I said I think he'll be the most important Florida Gator for the 2023 season. That hasn't changed in the 24-ish hours since I recorded that. So we still expect Graham Mertz to be the starting quarterback for the Florida Gators, regardless of what happens with anybody else. The expectation is that Graham Mertz will be a Florida Gator starting quarterback. And... Obviously, he was brought in to do that. Like, th- this isn't a, a hot take where, you know, I'm not saying last year, I'm not like, oh, Jack Miller is going to beat Anthony Richardson for the job. No, this is me saying the guy who was brought in to be the starting quarterback, not to compete for it, to be the starting quarterback is going to be the starting quarterback, which, oh my God, who would have thought that? So, Graham Mertz, quarterback. For running back, I put Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne because I think that they're both going to see a ton of touches. I don't think anybody would be shocked about that. Um, we saw at certain times at the start of the year, it was Naquan's your lead back, Montreal's your second, Trevor Etienne's your third. By the end of the year, it was Montreal Johnson's your lead back and Trevor Etienne's your second. And you don't really use a third. But there were still some times where Trevor Etienne would get like four carries in a game, seven carries in a game, and would kind of go ghost a little bit. I think that you'll see a, a good 12 to 15 carries every game from Montreal and Trevor Etienne next year. Who's going to be running back three? Could go portal shopping again. Could be Trayon Webb. Could be uh, there is Battle Carlson. I think those are the only two coming back from 2022 to 2023, which we'll see when the roster actually comes out for Florida. But running back, no surprise there. Obviously, like like quarterback and running backs are the ones where you can just chalk it up, you know who's going to be. And there's that. For wide receiver, this is uh, not even weird to explain because it happens all throughout football, but wide receiver one is also going to be a slot receiver, meaning that when you have two or even one wide receivers on the field, Ricky Pearsall is going to be there more often than not. 
when you have three receivers in the field, Ricky Pearsall is going to be in the slot. Uh, I know Madden used to be, you know, you put your your leading receiver at wide receiver three, and he's your slot. That's not how that works anymore. Um, now they have a slot receiver position in Madden. But also just Ricky Pearsall is likely going to be working out of the slot mostly, but when there's only one or two receivers on the field, I would fully expect him to be on the field. You put your best receiver on the field whenever you want or whenever you want to have a threatening pass catcher. Ricky Pearsall is your guy. So Ricky Pearsall's wide receiver one, and he's going to be in the slot, which means the next two receivers are both also outside receivers because when all three of them are on the field, Ricky Pearsall is going to be in the slot more likely than not. So next, a holdover from last year, Xavier Henderson is going to be starting there. Uh, He is still a, a, very fast receiver. He's not shifty. Uh, he, he's not, but he's, he's pretty fast. It's just he's a little stiff as, as a mover. But Xavier Henderson is still your guy, your big-bodied guy that can stretch the field vertically and actually make some plays down the field there. So Xavier Henderson is your other starting outside receiver. And the final starting receiver here, I think, will be Caleb Payday Douglas. I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, Ada Mizell could do it. Andy Jean could do it. Eugene Wilson III can do it. Uh, it could be Jaquavian Frazier. It could be all those guys. I think it will be Caleb Payday Douglas. I think Caleb was great when given the opportunity in 2022. I said that before he had you know, the Eastern Washington game, I said I'd like to see him get some reps. He got reps. He scored against Eastern Washington. He scored against Texas A&M. He scored a few times last year. He produced whenever he was given the opportunity. And one thing that, again, I think is more telling than anything else about Caleb Payday Douglas is that whoever was in at quarterback, whether it was Anthony Richardson, uh, Jalen Kitna, or Jack Miller III, they all had their faith and trust in throwing the ball to Caleb Payday Douglas and allowing him to make a play on the ball and after the catch. So Caleb Douglas should be replacing Justin Shorter as the outside big body. Xavier Henderson should be outside big body. And Ricky Pearsall should be outside when there's one or two receivers. But once there's a third receiver on the field, Ricky Pearsall in the slot. Let him be the jet motion guy. That's one thing that actually that Billy Napier, and we'll talk about this another time more in depth, but Billy Napier at Louisiana used the slot motion specifically a lot. And he didn't do that that much with Florida, where when Billy Napier got hired, we were like, okay, well, could Naquan Wright be the pass catching back that's also playing slot receiver and being the jet sweep guy and doing all that stuff? Never really happened. Uh, just wasn't wasn't in the cards, I guess. But yeah, that's something I'd like to talk about more another time. But Ricky Pearsall should be that guy this year. Looking at tight ends, we've got two tight ends here because we know Florida's going to go 12 personnel, which is, of course, one running back, two tight ends. We know that they're going to do that quite a bit more than the huge majority of college football teams. The H tight end is the one that, you know, everyone loves that. He's like the pass catching tight end. He's the move tight end. He's the mobile guy. He's whatever you want to call him. The H is Keon Zipper next year. I don't expect that to change. It will eventually likely be Argus Boringham, but for now it is still Keon Zipper and it should be, like I've said throughout all 2021 or all 2022 Keon Zipper is a very good pass catcher and he's he moves really well. I get it. He's a little short. He's like six one, but I don't care. Like he moves really well for a tight end. 
And, and I think that being able to be used as a blocker efficiently and effectively and being able to be an actual pass catcher when you're healthy and when the quarterback wants to throw you the ball is huge. And I think that it will be huge for Graham Mertz to actually have someone like Keontae that he could use because Graham Mertz threw to tight ends a bit, but at the same time, they weren't super talented pass catching tight ends in Wisconsin. Not that Keon Zipper is, you know, Kyle Pitts, but he's still someone that could be threatening as a pass catcher from the tight end position. And so we will be happy with that. The wide tight end in 2022 was Dante Sanders. In 2023, I think it will be Jonathan Odom. If Jonathan Odom never got hurt in the spring, I think in 2022, your starting wide tight end is Jonathan Odom. If Jonathan Odom remained healthy, I think that he's your starting tight end at the Y over Dante Sanders. I think he's better as a blocker. I think he's better as a pass catcher. He's just a better football player. So Jonathan Odom should be your starting Y. So your quarterback and pass catchers are Graham Mertz, Montrell Johnson, Trevor Etienne, Ricky Pearsall, Xavier Henderson, Caleb Payday Douglas, Keon Zipper, and Jonathan Odom. Those are your main eight guys that are going to be um, handling the ball at any point during a game for the Florida Gators offense. We're about to take a look at the trenches. That's offensive line, defensive line. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Built Bar, and it's the new year, so that means it's New Year's resolution time. And a lot of people, you're like, ah, I want to get fit, I want to eat healthier, I want to get right is the point. Built Bar helps you do that. Include it in your plans. Built Bar, first of all, tastes great. I have a sweet tooth. And I love it. Uh, It's sweet enough for me. It's coated in 100% chocolate, but it's also healthy because guess what? Calories, just 130. It's nothing. Nothing. Net carbs, four grams. Literally, you can count it on one hand. Four grams. Protein, 17 grams. You need four hands to do it, not just one hand, four fingers. You need four hands to count 217 with your hands. Also, Built Bar, finally in store. No longer strictly uh, online. Finally in store. So you can go to Built or BuiltBar.com. You can still do that. You can also go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club, and you can buy Built Bar. There's nothing more you could ask for, right? So go. You won't regret it. I promise you. Just go do it. You'll have fun. Get Built Puffs if you can. They're delicious. They're protein marshmallows. It's dope. But go to Built or BuiltBar.com. Go to Sam's Club. Go to Walmart and get Built Bar. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And now we're talking about the depth chart, the, the trenches part here. I'm just going to go tackle, guard, center for the offensive line. Uh, I think that left tackle will be Austin Barber. Right tackle will be Cameron Waits. Austin Barber at left tackle should be the move because he was at times arguably your best offensive tackle on the field. Um, whether it was him and Tarquin or him and Garage, there were plenty of times where Austin Barber was the most reliable tackle in that situation. There's also a reason that most teams don't really rotate offensive linemen. There's a reason that Billy Napier and Rob Sill would rotate Austin Barber into the game because he's good enough where you have to play him. And he's been locked down. He's coming He's coming back against it. We know that. So Austin Barber is the guy that should be your left tackle because you've got him for at least this year, maybe a second year. We'll see how he looks and how the NFL looks. But you've got him for at least this year 
maybe the second year. And at that point, if you could have a left tackle that you can trust for two years, and that's a possibility, you do that. Right tackle, Cameron Waits is a massive dude, big time project player coming from Louisiana with Billy Napier, and he came over to Gainesville. Um, he is one of the three guys that came over. It was Montreal Johnson, Osiris Torrance, and Cameron Waits, which, by the way, I feel like that should be pretty telling about how Billy Napier feels about Cameron Waits, that he brought three players from Louisiana with him, and one of them was an All-American. One of them was your leading rusher, and one of them was Cameron Waits as a project. So I feel like that's very telling for what Billy Napier thinks Cameron Waits' ceiling is. We'll see what happens with a full offseason under this regime and, and in this weight room now with a full season as well. So we'll see how Cameron Waits work out. I think he'll be the starting right tackle come week one, come Utah. I think it'll be Austin Barber on the left, Cameron Waits on the right. Looking at guard, left guard, I think will be Michael, will be Micah Mescua, the transfer that just committed to Florida from Baylor. Played left guard with Baylor. Um, I know that the fun stat that people have been talking about is that, according to Pro Football Focus, Micah Mescua is the second best pass protecting guard in the country behind Osiris Torrance. So Florida's replacing the best pass, pass, pass blocking guard in the country with the best returning pass blocking guard in the country. But obviously Osiris Torrance played right guard. Mike Amaskul will play left guard, I believe, because that is primarily what he played at Baylor. So why mess with a good thing, you know? Right guard, Richie Leonard the fourth. I think that in 2022, when Richie Leonard rotated in, he did a pretty good job replacing whoever he was coming in for, whether it was rotating in for Ethan White or when Osiris Torrance was banged up. I think Richie Leonard the fourth did a We'll say bang up job. Uh, I think that Richie Leonard is someone that you can rely on. And when you're looking at a team that's going to have a lot of turnover on the offensive line, at least you're replacing him with someone like, first of all, you lost both the starting tackles. You're bringing in one that rotated frequently. You lost both starting guards. You're bringing in one that rotated kind of frequently in Richie Leonard. So I think that the, the approach here of adding guys who have high ceilings, and also have a bit of experience is the way to go. Looking at center, Kingsley Aguacan is the guy. I don't think he should be. I will once again say that I do not think Kingsley Aguacan should be starting for the Florida Gators. I do not think he is a starting SEC caliber center. Um, he'd be an elite group of five center. He'd be an average non-SEC power five center. But when you're in the SEC, you have to be better than what Kingsley Aguacan has given you. Even just strictly talking penalties, you would have to be amazing as a blocker to justify being the most penalized offensive lineman in the country. You would have to be amazing to justify that. And Kingsley Aguacan is not. So he's going to be the starting center, I think. I don't think he should be. Flipping to the defensive side of the ball, we're, we're going to buy... D-end, three-tech, one-tech, jack. So D-end is Prince Leumann Mielin. That's what he played last year. That's what he should play this year. It's what he's pretty freaking good at. So the expectation should be Prince Leumann Mielin, come on back, do what you're good at, and then go to the NFL because you're going to be great. But just come on back and, and dominate that role that you worked in last year as well. We saw that you are one of the guys where you can produce Hand in the dirt, stand up, doesn't matter. You can produce. So let's put you as a hand in the dirt guy that could occasionally take his hand off, stand up, and you're going to drop back at some point. We know it. That's just what happens. But 
Princely can be that guy. Starting at the three tech, which three tech is what uh, Javon Dexter played last year. You know, he's, he's called a D end, but he's playing a, he's playing a D tackle spot. I don't care what anybody says. He's right outside the guard shoulder. So that'll be Chris McClellan, I think. I know, or yeah, Cameron Jackson or Chris McClellan. Sorry. I know that we brought in Caleb Banks. I don't think he starts. I think it is Chris McClellan or Cameron Jackson. I think Cameron Jackson is really hard to turn down at this point because you brought in an all-conference player. Uh, you, you've got it, a guy who's proven he could be productive consistently, but you've also got Chris McClellan who shined at a ton of moments. And honestly, I wouldn't be opposed to going, we're going to start Cameron Jackson as a three-tech. One-tech, by the way, Desmond Watson. It's going to be big Des. I don't care. Um, so you got three tech star Cameron Jackson. You've got one tech Desmond Watson. Chris McClellan is one of the very few players in college football that can seamlessly go from three tech to one tech. Not a lot of guys can go, okay, I'm going to be your, your nose tackle. I'm going to be stuffing the tech. I'm going to be stuffing the run right at the center, right on either shoulder of the center. And then I'm going to line up outside the guard and I'm going to be, one of your best pass rushers. Few people could say that. Chris McClellan could say that. So I wouldn't be opposed to going, okay, you're not going to start, Chris, but you're going to play still like 40, 50 snaps a game. You're just going to be rotating in at three tech or one tech, and you're going to play still starter snaps, just different positions. So that is now what I want. That is what I want to see. Uh, one tech, like I said, Desmond Watson is going to be the guy. Then looking at the jack spot, that's your stand-up edge rusher. That's what Brenton Cox did last year. Antoine Powell Ryland deserves that spot. When he came in after Brenton Cox Jr. got kicked off the team, Antoine Powell Ryland did his thing. He did a great job of contributing more than anybody expected him to. That's the thing. Was he awesome? No, he wasn't awesome. But guess what? He wasn't expected to be a significant contributor to begin with. So the fact that he came in and strictly wasn't a liability means that he exceeded the expectations that people thrust on him last season. And with a full season as a starter, getting those starter reps, getting more comfortable. One thing that he was horrible at was dropping back into coverage, which of course Florida asked their defensive ends or their, their edge rushers to drop back into coverage. Antoine Powell Island was terrible at it. Every edge rusher was terrible at it for Florida. So Antoine Powell Island, you've, you've got experience doing it now. That was one thing where for Florida going into 2022, the 2022 season, not the year. Um, you had eight months working in this system of being a guy who you're used to rushing the passer 99.9% of the time. And then all of a sudden now you're rushing the passer 90% of the time and 10% of your snaps are dropping back in coverage. That's a big difference. I realize 10% doesn't seem like a lot. That's a lot. That's We know in football, one play could change everything. So hopefully now with, with both Princely and Antoine Power Island starting at the edge, they will have more experience, be a little bit more comfortable in coverage, and be more threatening, we'll say, in coverage. We're about to take a look at the linebackers and secondary, but first a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up the day show, we're talking about the death chart with linebackers and the secondary. I'm only talking about two linebackers because we know that Florida, the huge majority of the time, will have three down linemen, and three technical linebackers, but one of them is a stand-up edge rusher named Antoine Powell Ryland. So we're talking about the two off-ball linebackers here. The mic is going to be Derek Wingo, I think. Um, I think it's likely going to be Derek Wingo replacing Ventrell Miller at the mic. It could be that 
if Florida wants to, they can say, well, actually, Shamar James is going to be the Mike and Derek Wingo will be the Will or someone else will be the Will or whatever. But I think the best strategy to take is Derek Wingo at the Mike, Shamar James at the Will. So Derek Wingo replacing Ventura Miller, which again is just damn near impossible to do. But try your best and I won't get mad at you. Uh, so Derek Wingo at the Mike, Shamar James replacing Amari Bernie at the Will, which with a year on, with the strength and conditioning staff with a full off season as the starter doing everything that Amari Bernie was asked to do. I see no reason that Shamar James can't step in, fill that role, do what Amari Bernie did and do it better. Look, Amari Bernie had the best year of his career in 2022. No one can even argue that without looking like an idiot. Cause it's a fact. Amari Bernie played better football in 2022 than he ever played. You can combine every other year of his and 2022 was a better year take a highlight tape from the other years and his straight game film from 2022 is better than everything else so amari bernie played a great game played a great season for his standards it wasn't a great season to begin with so shamar james stepping in as i think a more talented player just significantly less experienced obviously with now a little bit of experience i think shamar james could eat in that will linebacker role Derek Wingo has a mic. Those are your two linebackers. Star will work our way out there. So Star, I think Miguel Mitchell is the guy. I know that some people want him at safety, and that's totally fine. But And I also know people want Jakeem Jackson as a star, which also is fine. But I think Miguel Mitchell is someone that this coaching staff wants to get on the field. I think that what he did at Star in 2022 was pretty impressive considering what the expectations were for him. So Miguel Mitchell starting at star is my prediction. I think that he's someone who can contribute in every facet. I think the biggest thing with him is learning to be a communicator because that's not something he's really ever been asked to do. So other than Miguel Mitchell playing star, that's the way to go about it at the outside corner spots. It's Jason Marshall jr. And it's Jaden Hill. Um, as much as I don't want it to be Jaden Hill, it's Jaden. I, I I've said this before. I think Jason Marshall is still good. I think the thing with Jason Marshall is that he will never be as good as Florida Gators fans want him to be. And that's the thing with Florida Gators fans a lot. Guys are never as good as you want them to be, no matter how bad you want them to be. Anthony Richardson is not as good as Florida Gators fans said he would be, no matter how bad they wanted him to be. Xavier Henderson has not been as good as Florida Gators fans want him to be, no matter how good they no matter how bad they wanted him to be good. Javon Dexter was never as good as Gators fans wanted him to be, no matter how bad they wanted him to be good. So Jason Marshall is just another case of that where no matter how bad you want him to be, as amazing as you want him to be, he's not going to be that good. He's still good. There's no doubt about that. He's still a very good cornerback. And the way he plays man coverage is better than some rookies do in the NFL. But he's not a complete corner. But he's still the best corner on this team. Easily, in my opinion. Jaden Hill, on the other side, I don't think is good enough to be a starter consistently, but for whatever reason, the coaching staff loves him. Maybe it's because he can get himself in position to make a play. I don't know what it is, but Jaden Hill, I think, will be the starting corner opposite Jason Marshall. It could be Devin Moore opposite Jason Marshall. It could be one of the freshmen coming in. I think it will be Jaden Hill, though. Looking at safety... Kamari Wilson is the guy that 
I think everyone is like, okay, he's going to be our starting safety or one of our starting safeties. And everyone can agree on that. I don't think anyone's arguing that he could be the box safety. He could be the deep safety, whatever he's going to be. He will be a starting safety. I think he's better suited as the box safety, but I feel like part of that is because we never really saw him play the deep safety often. He did it. Eastern Washington is like the game where I remember him playing deep safety more than ever. But even then, that was Eastern Washington. So I'm not going to hold you to any standard because of that. So I think that Kamari Wilson, we'll see what you can do as a deep safety and we'll see how you can go. If not, we know that you can be at least serviceable as a box safety. So Kamari Wilson's there. The other safety is... I think going to be Jordan Castell. Uh, the more I talk with people, the more I watch him, the more I'm all the way in on Jordan Castell as a starter for the Florida Gators in 2023. I think with his size, his athleticism, and his skill set, along with the defense that they've run is very similar to, and I say the defense that Jordan Castell has worked in, in every facet is very similar to what Florida does defensively just makes me go, well, you're going to be able to step in and you are going to be relied upon early. You're going to have that leg up over competition to come in and contribute. And so Jordan Castell is the guy. I think that with his, with everything he has, with everything he brings to the table, he is someone that you should trust to be a starting safety for the Florida Gators in 2023. Um, he is, I believe, yeah, he's the only true freshman that I had on this list. Um, yeah, only true freshman that I had on this list. Jordan Cassell is the guy that I think could be the starting safety opposite Kamari Wilson for the Florida Gators in 2023. But thank you so much. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators. For your second listen, check out Locked On SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy, Sports 790. Get the best coverage at the best conference, including the best university. The University of Florida for Locked On Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow.